0: In general, we see it in Europe and also in the SP sector, the real strong companies, they, they are coming back since three weeks. Basically, every company in the portfolio since three weeks is growing again. So they are not back at the level they have been before, but they are growing. If you have a strong product, good product market fit, you will be able to keep your customers, you will be able to cut costs to survive and to raise more funds. Because if you're a a leading provider in any industry of some kind of service or product, then you will win. Um, It's just, you need to go all in and do the right things. Don't be shy of taking difficult decisions.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to the SAS Revolution show brought to you by SAS the conference that helps SaaS companies get traction, growth, and scale. I'm your host, Alex Thuma, and I'll be looking at what it really takes to build and grow a SaaS company today, and how founders and entrepreneurs stay healthy on the journey. Now on with the show.
2: So welcome everybody. My name is Patrick Erupal. I'll be moderating this panel. And uh, the goal here for us is for us to talk about what's changed in the SaaS funding environment. How should you think about metrics? You know, it's a a brave new world out there. A lot of things are changing quite a bit. Uh, So I think there's all the more value when really plugging into people all all over the world and trying to explore what are these common threads and challenges that we have ahead of us. So uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for the SaaS Talk organization. Um, I was gonna get started with doing a quick intro. So uh, quickly, myself, I'll be quicker myself. I'm just gonna be helping with the Q and A. My name is Patrick Arapo. I'm currently the founder of a VC, uh, a SaaS focused VC for Latin America, sort of like an emergence for Latin America, so to speak, if we can use those comparisons. And uh, we. Um, uh, basically, I've been—I'm a former founder. I did startups here, uh, Silicon Valley, and and so forth. And uh, just by way of of a uh, background, there's one specific moment, uh, which is the post dot com bubble. There's been a lot of changes, and it's interesting how quickly things changes in a moment like this. So we're going to talk a lot about that. We have the pleasure of having four fantastic, three panelists in in this group. So. We have, for a quick introduction, I'm just, just gonna do a, a mentioning of who's here with us. So we have Michiel Kotting, who's the GP at Northzone, based out of Amsterdam right now. So same time zone as many participants. So thank you, Michiel. Uh, we have Pascal Dayan. if I speak that. Sorry, my French is not very good, Pascal. <laughs> uh, Principal at Storm Ventures. And we have Thomas Gross, uh partner at DTCP and he leads the European and the Israeli practices of, of that fund. If I could, I'd, I'd love to get started by having each of you introduce yourselves. And as part of that introduction, maybe mentioning one moment in time in your careers, be it as a founder, be it as a VC professional, when you felt a biggest change in the environment. Not to get into any depth, but just to kind of to give a, a color of, of experiences that have some similarities to the current moment they were living through. So if we could get started, Michiel, uh, if you could take,
3: take things off here. Age before beauty, I guess. No, yeah. So uh, like you, uh, I am a former entrepreneur, uh, started one successful company and one uh, failing company. Uh, and in the, the successful one, we had to uh, pitch to 104 VCs before we managed to raise money. So I uh, uh, I have hated uh, VCs all of my life. Now I've been one for about ten years, so <laughs> that's uh, that's how things go. Um, I, I think probably for me the, the 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 biggest moment of change was when I did my first startup uh, outdoor, out in uh, Palo Alto, and uh, it was during the dot com bubble. Uh, before and after, and I remember watching TV in San Francisco, and there was a, a black screen, and it said. You used to be a 27-year-old millionaire, black screen. Now you're just 27, and just the change from 2000 to 2001 was phenomenal to 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 see and and amazing how during the crisis with persistence, a lot of companies came out really really strong.
2: That's great to hear, indeed. Interesting times, I think, uh, in comparison with the current environment. Uh, Pascal, could you uh, please introduce yourself?
3: Yes,
1: absolutely. So my name is Pascal Jean I'm French, but I've been in the U.S. for 18 years now, and I work for a fund. I'm the investment team of a fund called Storm Ventures. Storm Ventures invest only in B2B enterprise software. Most investments are in the SaaS space, and we usually lead series A. We um, we found ourselves investing in a couple of European companies, including Topdesk and Algolia, which were a very good investment for us. So we're trying to um, do more of those. So we're trying to be the uh, the go to market partner for startups based in Europe willing to extend their operation go to market in the US. Scary time in my career. I mean, I'm lucky because I have not uh, really suffered before being a VC, I was in a corporation. So I haven't really uh, been through with um, motions, but the fund I'm with has been around for 20 years. And when the crisis hit, it was very scary. I've been in the VC role for three years now. Um, to see that, and then can kind of try to understand what would happen. And um, it was refreshing to hear the partners kind of like, since they have been through two downturns, 2001 and 2008, to kind of help us like take the the situation. Um, you know, um, with a lot of like a cool head, and just like there's going to be an end to it. You know, we can just keep the motion going and and keep looking at it. There's going to be a world of opportunity. You know, great startups were starting during a crisis. We can talk about Uber or Airbnb, and so. Um, just kind of like, you know, um, keep walking and keep trying to find good deals um, as, as an investor, just because it, I think there's a difference between funds that have been around for less, like that started after 2008 and funds that have been a couple um, uh, roller coasters through through prices. And I think it makes a big difference for GPs. And I know maybe, maybe Mihail, you would agree with that. But if you've been through one, it just okay. makes you comfortable that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and, and things will get back to normal eventually.
2: Outstanding, thank you very much Pascal. Thomas, uh, I know there's a few connection uh, problems here, I hope your strobe light is still working, but if you could introduce yourself that'd be
0: fantastic. So I'm Thomas, Yeah, nice to meet you all, I have bad audio problems here right now. Um, um, I'm a partner at DTCP, we are a global uh, growth equity fund, we have been started this fund in 2015 um, prior to that I was I was an entrepreneur um, I started my first company uh, in 1994 um, I started five different companies before I accidentally became a venture capitalist and uh, yeah I yeah one of the most uh, one of the most interesting things probably was an NGO in, in western Africa which i which i started in 2002 um, uh, I lost a lot of money I have to admit but I learned probably the most um, and then after that, I, I wanted to start my next business in Germany and um, uh, started working at a VC to just get access to the industry. And then I became a partner in that. And then I started six years later my own fund. And now we run DTCP. We are a B2B um, focused uh, growth fund. We operate across four countries like uh germany is the headquarter we do have an office in menlo park in silicon valley we do have an office in tel aviv in israel and we also have a team in in uh, seoul in south korea um what we, we are just we're an independent company so our company belongs to our employees and us partners um we are not a strategic investment fund we are not a corporate fund we are just a uh normal private equity and growth equity fund looking for investments from series B up to series E pre IPO rounds our sweet spot is uh, tickets between 10 and 20 million we can go up to 100 million and probably we would do a little bit less like 5 million or so so we have a big domain expertise in enterprise SaaS. yeah that's me in a nutshell I pretty much look forward to discuss with you today
2: it's great that we have a good representation here different regions different time zones you know uh, also the later stage thomas where you operate as well as the earlier seeds series a stage where where uh, uh pascal and Miguel mostly do mo- do most of their work and it's interesting too um i mean uh more and more for a lot of technologies we were speaking earlier on things are becoming a global a lot faster uh so it's, it's exciting to be living at this point in time but Frankly, I think in the beginning, and this was definitely a cycle that that we felt, here's when things really started changing very rapidly, everybody was trying to pick up data, trying to get an understanding for what happens. And I think from all business models, SaaS is one of the most predictable models. So it gives everybody a little more anxiety because we're trying to find our new north as founders on what's changed in behavior, how should this be affecting my company and so forth. At the same time, we know that these economic cycles—they don't all happen at once. Most of you probably have seen at least some of the numbers from the prior cycles, and there is a an adjustment. There's a, a chaotic period. There is, a, you know, a, a, there's at least two or three periods. And mehan, I was curious if you could share your views on: Do do we think that this is going to be independently of uh, trying to do a, a mm-hmm. Uh, prediction on the macro dynamics, I think that's a very hard thing to do, but how? what would, we, would you recommend that founders think about yeah. different phases yeah. that we might see from this point up through yeah. the next couple of years?
3: Yeah, I think I think like a lot of us uh, kind of in working with the portfolio companies in the last kind of three months, try to make sense of what was going on and and in, in sort of a more simplistic model, sitting down with them, try to kind of break it down into three phases and to say, There's sort of the lockdown where the world behaves really atypically. Then there's the recession where we've kind of have some historic uh, experiences before what has kind of happened in recessions and what type of companies are recession proof or not. And then there's your next fundraise. And uh, it's very important, especially as we have had an expansion that lasted so long as it did, Where companies have been trained so much to operate on certain parameters and be used to okay if i double my revenue again i can raise it about twice the the valuation to realize that investors will look at companies very differently uh value top line growth a lot less value solid unit economics a lot more and so what we've tried to do with these companies to go through say hey what what do you face during lockdown is this disasters for some companies because their, their business would have to be kind of completely shut down to accelerating in other cases. Then what are we expecting for the next year and a half and what does it mean on when you run out of money? And then finally, kind of what is the new north and what are the new KPIs and what are we building towards to be kind of safe, safe there? And I think probably like a lot of people in the industry, we had the the luck that we all of us were kind of already talking about a recession before the COVID happened. So a lot of our companies were very well capitalized. So there was no immediate, immediate shock, but it doesn't mean there's not a, a late shock, right? And we've said to all companies, if you think about a recession in two phases where early on, you don't know what's happening and you might be too optimistic. And later you see how things have changed and perhaps competition is lower or customer acquisition cost is, is cheaper great companies can accelerate in the second half. So rather be too aggressive in shutting stuff down or being conservative in the first bit because you'll be spinning your wheels and besides everyone will forgive a slowdown. So you then have the extra capital to accelerate again in the second half and then prepare well for what comes after.
2: That's great, Mihir. Thanks for sharing that. And it's interesting because in the shorter term, everybody still sees a lot of volatility and changes and bringing things Closer to home, which is this moment that we're living in, what's happening right now? Because I think one of the things that and there was an interesting report that just came out yesterday, the second edition, I think it was NFX, a group that did a re, uh, uh, survey of a lot of founders, and they figured how there's a delay sometimes in founders coming to grasp with the new situation vis-a-vis investors. You know, maybe that's a lack of hair or the bigger, you know, the longer experience that we've lived through cycles, uh, but independently there is an aspect that i think as investors people have to kind of really sink in the new situation fast and be adaptive as soon as possible and i was curious thomas if you could share your view on um how what is this issue of how quickly a company manages to hone in into a new environment and really start operating in a new paradigm Uh, could you talk
0: a little bit about that please yes sure at least i can try um so uh, as you see here, I put some disco lights on because uh, I want to convey the message that uh, what what I think um, that the party is not over. So um, and we uh, to, to your point, so we are here in Germany. Um, we do have a global portfolio um, and we we can we can really compare very, very good um, and that markets are in different stages and and it's it's coming back we do have we do have an enterprise software portfolio so that's me we are not that impacted that strong from COVID, because uh the more technical a, a, a product is the the less impacted they are because these installments and customer base they will continue their 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 projects it's not like they they immediately shut down cybersecurity or they they postpone the the move towards or a cloud migration project or something like that but we do also have a company in the in the in the travel space um, so there um we we do see uh customers of theirs having a hard time th- these days so um what what i can so we we get, went through this with all founders uh, and all teams and and tried to tell them look you know Um, it's raining Um, you need to prepare for the worst and some of them are very cautious some of them are not some of them are just like blind because they built everything they put everything into the company over the last years and built just the best company in the world and the best product with the best proposition they could not even imagine that anything uh, goes wrong um and there there we really have to 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 try to help them to see what can happen because um, I went through 2001 I went to 2009 and now ten years later it's happening again and there is some certain patterns and and the the good advice that we can, we give and i I have seen that it is simply right just act just do something and don't wait because then probably you 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 get surprised by uh, your, your your you you have burned the money because the 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 new ARR did not come, new customers did not come, upsell did not happen, churn increased, and then all of a sudden your money is gone. And so the crisis is an opportunity and founders need to understand this, that they have to act. They are the captain on the ship and they have to do. Um, and it's better to, to, to make a mistake by probably uh, 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 setting uh, um, um, and firing too many people um, uh, um, and then you need to rehire some of those, other than keep all this, keep the pace, go ahead, full stream, and then, um, yeah, and then you're you're in a financially weak position. yeah, and this is this happens, and we, yeah, it's it's our it's our job to to help founders and teams through this because we have the the meta view we can compare between different industries and also we have most of us have gone through this uh, multiple times so there is a lot of work from a vc to be done in these times thanks a lot uh,
2: thomas and uh, uh, Lena. thank you for the question we're going to get to your question on kpis actually we want to cover mostly that topic we briefly we briefly spoke about the environment and adapting to this new norm so to speak Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about fundraising because a lot of people were interested in talking about fundraising. And we're going to talk finally about KPIs. And I think that's one of the most important things about fundraising. We're going to I think it'd be interesting to hear all three uh, speakers, uh, panelists about this. And maybe starting with you, if that's okay, Pascal. Yeah. Um, I mean, one difference in between the prior cycle of 2001, at least, is that after the bubble burst, you didn't know when companies were going to start thinking about technology again. I mean, if there's one thing that we know about this cycle is the technology is going to become all the more important after the cycle. So there is, there is some interesting, you know, uh, uh, interesting dynamics taking place now. But could you mention a little bit how you see uh, how much have valuations changed, Pascal? Uh, valuation and criteria, uh, you know, have have criteria changed? Are we looking at growth? Are we looking at you know what's changed primarily in your view?
1: No, yeah, absolutely. So. So you know, um, when we look at a company today, uh, we need to understand you know uh, what's going to happen, and and if we have to build conviction to invest. So what we look at is like traction of the company and metrics of the company pre-COVID. So anything that happened before February ish of 2020, and try to understand what the story would have been without COVID-19, because anything after that it's really hard to assess if you know there's a lot of churn is it because of COVID? is it just because you know the, the product is not good enough so we're struggling with trying to really understand how to interpret the data uh, that are that are presented to us post uh, february 2020. um so to do so we kind of refocus on uh, so we look at our portfolio and, and our portfolio is a mixed bag some company are thriving some company are struggling so there's a couple Matrix to look at, like one is the the runway or what we call the zero cash dates? You know, how many, how much time do you have until you you run out of money? And what is your plan as you get there? Right. And so that's as a consequence, which is instead of for us to focus a lot on growth, which was the case before February 2020. And, and we were hoping to see 20% month over month growth. Usually we're now could be happy with a 5% or 10% growth month over month. But I think at the end of the day, what really matters is what is your story? How can you help us understand um, how is your company is adapting to the crisis? And what is your plan to get there? And so the, the, the metrics that are presented in terms of the burn, in terms of what is the plan in terms of cuts or not cuts, or maybe more professional services being done to increase the cash of the company to help us build the conviction that the company has a line of sights of a year or so or that with with investment the company is going to thrive in the co- uh, current context
2: That's fantastic Thomas could you maybe um, chime in with your views uh, perhaps on should founders focus on valuations are there other important things Thank you for the about question. how how VCs how VCs can help as well uh, I mean how how do you think this has changed
0: Yeah, I, I love this question um, because Um, The answer is is clear. So money is not a differentiator. And so you you find money at these days uh, anywhere, especially um, the later you are in the phase that the better the KPIs are like once you hit the series B, the, the expansion stage, then there is truckloads of money um and then it's not about money and then it also should not only because of uh, uh, for you around valuation so dilution is 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 not the most important thing you have to you have to consider like value um which you receive and this is also not brand names from funds this is more around like who is joining your team who who you like it's it's like with soccer like you need to, as a, as a CEO, you need to be uh, you need to manage to get the best eleven people on the field to win the game, and and you need to understand that investors are part of your team. You they are they are in your board, and you you should more more look at them who can really provide value, who understands my industry, who has the best context, who is a great guy I want to work with. Like it's very important also to have fun. You as a you as a founder as a CEO. You, you did not start your company because you wanted to do a career in an enterprise. You did, it's, it's simply not your, your personality. You want to change the world. You want to have fun while working. And this is very important throughout the life cycle of your journey. And that's b- b- way more important than money and valuation. Um, so I, I can, I, I can only give the advice, um, look at the guys, Um, Who really join and who really do the work and what can they contribute and what advice can they give you is it only because of raising next round and and trying to sell the company highest price? No, it's like, okay, where do I find the right talent? How do I build the organization? How do I um, build a sales machine, which really is efficient? How do I build the marketing funnel and all that stuff? And if you find guys you you really want to work, and they want they are a good wingman, good supporter to you. Then probably give them give them uh, give them credits for that, and and optimize rather on that than on a, and valuation and 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 money. That's great, Thomas, and that's a great insight. So uh,
2: build those relationships way ahead of time if you can, and you might want to decide to do a round even if there's a different dilution. If if there's going to be a lot of addition from that investor, I think that's a great point.
0: Yeah. And, and maybe one, 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 addition, yeah. and one addition. So, so probably it's not always the senior guys which are the best uh, support for your company because uh, sometimes uh, like more junior guys or really the guys who are doing the deals in the funds, they are more into the, they have domain expertise. They are probably ex-founders. They are, developers themselves they know the technology stack they know all of this probably it's also around like the team around partners around the senior people in funds who you should really look at because these guys are are the ones who really provide value and can help you with with solving your real problems and not like 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 how to how to how to discuss uh nicely and meeting. That's great, that's great.
2: And still in fundraising, uh, Michiel, I would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, let's say uh, a founder has a startup. They, they have the product market fit, which has kind of been adjusted to the new behavioral changes. And the growth engine has clear indications that things are working. Should this founder do a, around now? Should he or she think about valuations? Uh, are there other considerations as we know, uh, many of the calls with founders and between founders and investors are remote, and many investors like to meet in person. And it's not always possible. I mean, what else would you recommend for a founder that believes that he or she has found the right fit? Uh, is is this still a worthwhile time to do it? Are the funds all on their sidelines, or they're still doing deals right now? What would you recommend for this for this type of founder?
3: Well, first of all, I mean, you you don't pick the time; the time picks you, right? So, dream, and you're building something you're not going to sit around and wait, you're going to race now. And, um, of course, in the sort of the interaction between founders and VCs, uh, this is, a, in certain ways, a more difficult time. But on the other hand, I think that in both directions, it's a time that clarifies a lot. And if you think about, as an investor, we think about the sort of this triangle between product, market and, and and team and all three kind of need to be there and maybe on the market side you get a lot of uncertainty and question marks now but i would argue that on the founding team side you get a lot more proof points and to me it's a little bit kind of similar to when i started out in tech you had to raise kind of three million just to build a website right so therefore you could only raise money based on an idea and the team that you would bring through the table and you couldn't see any traction or product market fit before you needed to put in significant money. I think similarly in the last kind of 10 years with the rising tide and all the boats are floating, you couldn't see how a founder would respond to a crisis. And so you had to invest with the idea like, hey, you have great market fit, you do very well in expansion, but when you know the shit hits the fan and it always happens at some point in the development of a company, We don't know how you're going to behave and I think right now you see amazing behavior of founders where they are so creative and they're so kind of responsive and they manage to motivate people while firing other people at the same time they manage to convince customers to stay to stay with them even if there's no 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 capital and I think seeing that can really kind of feeds a lot of input from from our decisions and I think similarly with founders I think you're now interacting with VCs and if I look at our own portfolio companies, there's sort of two types of inbound. We are getting inbound from companies that are good where people think, oh, they must be struggling. Uh, and everyone knocks on the door and says, hey, you just did a big round with X, fill in a big brand name. Um, you know, Do you want to take two to 3 million extra? Implying that's on the same valuation. And of course, you know, <laughs> now you have to take our money because you must be with your back against the wall. Or there's these other companies including the tool that we're using like Hopin right where people go like oh this must be something which is true in this case that does super well during a lockdown and that kind of behavioral uh, change and there's so much capital in the market that everyone starts chasing these opportunities that do well uh, in this type of crisis Um, and I think as a founder you get a real chance to see how VCs behave and are they now going to string you along because they have a hard time making their decision from conviction uh are they really trying to kind of push really hard and negotiate kind of terms on you or is it a collaborative partner so i hope that sort of the crisis yes it's much harder you can't sit at the same table you can't walk around in the company you can't see see that kind of stuff but i think there's other stuff that comes up that is actually more important
2: that's great that uh, i think that's- that covers well. The, it's a tough fundraising environment to say the least, but at the same time, it's so open. There's a lot of managers, a lot of experience, a lot of people. And, and it's great if you're able to align uh, first your business model so that you know how you're gonna use that capital and then work on those relationships as to Thomas points. Uh, so thanks thanks for sharing that. Uh, now let's flip into something, the topic that Lena, thanks, uh, sorry for taking uh, some time to get to that uh, from Poland. Uh, on the KPIs. I think it'll be too ambitious to try to cover that fully in terms of what's happening today. So we're gonna try to pencil in a few examples of some KPIs as we spoke before. Most businesses are very predictable. So the SaaS scenario planning, usually you're looking at CAC, you're looking at conversion, you're looking at lifetime churn, and you're able to monitor and adjust your business throughout. Also you have a huge, if you don't have a, a, if you really are a vitamin and not a a medicine as in a critical business, critical uh, uh, application, it can be very sensitive, very complex. So there's a lot of changes around how do you work with that behavior, you know, before if you looked at conversion rates etc things might be completely up in the air as we know all of us are living through a different mindset so we have to adjust to that. Now I was curious if we could go around around the group here and kind of share one specific experience that you felt in this crisis in terms of what main, maybe starting uh, uh, with you, Pascal, if you could mention first, what are the main KPIs that you felt that have become a lot more important? And after you speak about that, if you could maybe mention of one example of a surprise or uh, a big change in a specific business model uh, that you found in terms of KPIs.
1: Yeah, so, so for sure, the, the biggest KPI for us became the burn, uh, just because it's really hard to assess the growth. Um, so, um, trying to build conviction on what would it be post-COVID, but the burn becomes a big part of that. So, you, you cannot build conviction of the growth rate post-COVID, but meanwhile, you need to uh, believe that the company will do well until the end of the crisis. So so burn became a big one and, and we usually, you know, see companies and, and that story you're going to tell around the burn is very important because um, the, I see some companies coming with a couple scenarios of like, this is, you know, how we're going to do depending on how the crisis does. And this is how we're going to accelerate sales and marketing as we get closer to the end. When we start seeing signals that the crisis is almost over, I mean, NASDAQ is at the all time high at the moment. So we start seeing signals that things may be better. So. Um, So we we use that, we use also our portfolio companies to kind of see some deals picking up in the the sales funnel. And we see some motion accelerating a little bit, so it signals that it's getting better. So we combine that with the story that the companies are telling us and the metrics that present us, um, including the burn, to kind of like put the whole story together. So I wouldn't say it's one KPI per se, it's kind of a couple KPIs, including the burn and the growth. Um, and, then, and then the actions that are being taken today or were taken in, in this first quarter to increase that runway.
2: That's great, that's great. And if I may just ask a question on top of that, uh, Pascal, is what happens to a business model that still depends a lot on very robust, very deep product investment, uh, an AI platform or something that is a business model that they're not there yet, I'm not sure if you invest at that stage or not, but does that change the prospect for that kind of business, that focus on bottom line?
1: Yeah, so we we invest at Series A. We invest when there's product market fit and we see the acceleration past 1 million in ARR. So we don't really invest at that stage, but I've seen the investment in companies that are capital intensive, being hardware, hardware as a service, or as you said, mentioned AI, a highly sophisticated AI. Yeah, they're taking a hit and you really need to pitch a phone that really will believe you and, and is passionate about the type of product you're building.
2: Uh, Thomas, if um, I think you have the disc music going there, no, I'm just kidding, but please if you could chime in with your views on, on important uh,
0: yeah. APIs that have changed, maybe an example, that would be great. Um, for sure. So, no. Typically we look at, at the, the, the the traditional SaaS metrics. So and we as a as as a more later stage investors, so we do have the 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 luck um, that we do have like six to eight quarters of data because we invest in series B and then the data so we can look at it basically. So it's it's good for us. If if you invest earlier, then it's it's the data is not that reliable. So typically we look at uh Efficiencies, sales and marketing efficiencies uh, is uh, we call it the magic number is super important cash efficiency since inception and and trading 12 months is it's very important for us good indicator like how efficient and how strong the proposition of a product really is gross margins uh, is super important payback on marketing um, churn uh, contraction expansion all that and now in the crisis um, as Pascal said Burn rate is is very important because at least you need to extend the runway because you don't know it does it does it really take now two quarters until the world is going back to normal or is it like six to eight quarters and uh, will the financial markets be open uh, and remain open nobody knows so you have to get cast, uh, cut costs um, uh, postpone payments. Um, renegotiate your 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 contracts um, with like the, the cloud vendors and so on and so forth. Um, so this is one thing. But on the other hand, we look at net retention. For us, um, what we typically see now is that in the crisis, which was mainly in April, that um, new business went down. Um, churn was not really the big problem is more like contraction. So people were downselling. we we'll say, look, you know, we have like 500 seats here. Right now, we probably only need 50. And can we please ask to pay later? We don't have the money yet, so we want to pay. So it's like a cash flow problem and more a contraction. The good thing about contraction is most likely these customers will come back. So um, really look at what's the problem? Is it really churn? Are people walking away? Uh, From 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 your company or are they just reducing because they do not have the capacity they don't need it and then if new business went down then the question is what do your existing customers do Um, is there. Uh, how is net retention, like your existing customers, how do they behave, do they still sell up, if so, understand why and which customers are they, and then try to focus on these customer groups and, and this industry, because most likely they do not have the problem, and they remain active and, and want to invest, um, so these are these are things that we, we look at, um, and um, yeah, so, um, and the bottom line is, um there there is a lot of businesses which which suffer pretty hard um but uh, and and some some less but in general we see it in europe and also in the s&p sector the real strong companies they they are coming back since three weeks most basically every company in the portfolio since three weeks is growing again um uh, so they are not back at the level they have been before but they are growing and if you have a strong product good product market fit um, you will be able to to keep your customers you will be able to to uh, cut costs to survive and to raise more funds because if you're a a leading provider in any industry of some kind of service or product then you will win Um, it's just You need to go all in and do the right things. Don't be shy of taking difficult decisions. And then if the KPIs show um, investors, there are many investors and most of them are still open for business. They know, they will see, and they will know how to interpret the data even though uh, the revenue goes south. That's great, Thomas.
2: And I think we're running close to the end of our time. So maybe what would be interesting is to have an open-ended Final tip that each of you could provide to a founder that's watching us in terms of how to face this current moment. Maybe we could start. We could get started with you, Miguel. Uh, could you share yeah, any insights? Any that
3: crisis is when greatness gets born. So it's super hard, but it is also a time of amazing opportunities. It is an amazing opportunity to really force a sort of an energy and a coherence in your team. And a shared sense of mission it is an opportunity to potentially pick up some really good people in the outside world it's a, a good moment to see who is really helping you and who is really there for you uh, and then sort of you know everyone else is under pressure too and so when the, the smoke starts clearing that's when opportunities kind of kind of start start forming again
2: yeah necessity is the mother of of all invention, as they say, right? Yeah, it, it
3: is because we're super excited about chaos and energy and and renewal, right? So, uh, otherwise, we don't be at banks.
2: Yeah, it'll be, be horrible to waste a crisis. Let's hopefully learn as a as a society and as as entrepreneurs as well. Pascal, any thoughts?
1: Um, so, so we lo- we live in a in a world of zoom or hop So it's it's we live in a media world right now and. Uh, every discussion happened online. So just kind of like um, kept ramping up your like that skills, um, maybe adapting the pitch deck to that medium, meaning that maybe you, know, you can focus for an hour the way you focus in person, the way you would focus uh, through screen. So maybe clear decks, you know, clear points, maybe shortening a little bit the deck to kind of uh, allow um, the, the, the VC to digest things uh, remotely better. And I think to that point, I think a lot of VCs are getting comfortable building their due diligence without meeting a team in person, which is a big transition, um, which allows the entrepreneur to tap a broader range of VCs and and think about like, you know, uh, VCs are in the U.S. or VCs that are in Latin America that might decide that they want to invest in you without even meeting you because, you know, we were talking about the fact the world is flat right now. And if you have some proxy in the, in, in uh, if the VC has proxies in the country where you live that can use that proxy to kind of do a, some diligence on you personally, you could, you could potentially land a, a check from, from a fund you would never thought you could land a check from before.
2: That's fantastic. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, uh, Pascal, uh, any final, uh, any suggestions, uh, Thomas,
0: uh, for the, for the entrepreneurs watching us? Yeah, but I I think we, we are running out of time. So there is so many, so so much. <laughs> uh, so we one is, on here. you know, just go all in. So you the, the more you want it, the the more you get help. Um, and there are many, many. So sometimes it's, it's many people start a company because it's cool to start a company. And these are the the guys investors don't really like so but there is the uh, other there are so many people who really solve problems and and have to do it um, and this they deserve all the help we can give to them and it's, it's it's the same in the crisis so um it is it is hard and it's it, and it's also very unfair you know now you 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 build your company and you get diluted, you have to raise more capital, and so on and so forth. You come to a certain level of valuation, and then something like COVID kicks in, and then you get a discount of 20-30% of the value that you have created with your sweat and with your sleepless nights over the last years. And this is simply unfair. But there is no one to blame. So it's just you, you are the captain. And it is tough, but um there are many VCs who know exactly the pain. And I would encourage you uh, like never give up. Um, try to like look at your numbers. Try to build just just as the, the 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 most awesome company in the world and efficiency. Like build an efficient engine and then go and pitch numbers numbers is all that counts. Um, the later you are it's all about numbers and then it's getting easier you never forget that the the, the as, as hard as it feels um, um the numbers and and the rounds and and there will be guys that will help you and then uh you you will be able to to build your company and and and, and change the world so yeah a little bit pathetic but um in the end uh if you really If you, it's it is worth spending all that, all that pain. It will pay back, Um, and you know we are. I'm, I'm. We all investors. We are there to help you, Um, and it's a pleasure if we see someone who's burning for his idea and who is burning for his company. uh, We are all very happy to really give a little bit of support and really try to make it life a little bit easier for you. So, yeah, just go all in and make
2: this party still going on right thomas so uh yeah with that, with that with that we'd like to thank the panelists it's been a pleasure again we had here on stage thomas bruce from the tcp pascal uh from storm ventures Miguel from north zone myself my name is patrick from alexa ventures and venture partner at dgf and uh, thank you so much for Sastoc. i think it's incredibly important at this moment for us to pick the brains of everybody that's living through this and really try to support the founders which are really in the in the most sensitive moments but as uh i think as, as all of us here in the panel and most of the other participants in this event which is fantastic we're here to try to as a support network for the challenge of making founders accomplish their dreams so thank you very much for the participation the sasdoc and we look forward to seeing you hopefully in the networking sessions here uh and uh and hopefully we'll do some deals together
1: thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the sas revolution show i hope you enjoyed it and if you learned something from it check out sasdoc.com forward slash events to find all the upcoming sasdoc conferences
3: around the world